Hey y'all, this is Josh. Welcome to the Seasoned Amateurs podcast. Uh, we are happy to have you listening. You're here with me, Josh, and we've got Chris and Ty on here. Dylan is out for the week, so he may be back next week, but you're going to just have the three of us for now. And so let's go ahead and get into this, guys. I want to get to the NBA first. So we've got a lot of injuries in the playoffs right now. Kyrie's hurt, has that ankle injury. Kawhi's now hurt. Um, James Harden's hurt. We've had other injuries throughout, Jamal Murray, AD, LeBron. So I want to ask, how much do you think injuries from the shortened offseason have affected or will affect the playoffs? What do you think, Ty? Um, I, I think it has affected them. Um, I know it's, it's you know, it was nine weeks of instead of their, what is it? I think we were talking about the numbers earlier. It's 173 days is the normal, and they got 70 or 133 seven days, and they got 73 or something like that. It was some weird, you know, it was like almost cut in half. Let's say it that it's way. More, it's normally about 130 days, give or take a day. And right. I believe it was 72. So, and I, I know the tweet that, you know, LeBron said that he called this was going to happen. I think the reason that it, it's become a deal is is as a fan, you know, which is, you know, like they say, short fanat- for Fanatic, we want the best players in the playoffs. We want the best players playing the best games. We want those games to be close. We want those games to be exciting. We want them to be fun. And if you're injured because of, you know, whatever reason, it makes it less. Like right now, you know, ne- in the next game, KD played last night with, scored 49 points. Harden said he was going to play no matter what. He wanted to be on the floor. But if he wasn't, would it have been this good of a game? I don't know. But, like, everybody was talking about take the nets off the – you know, it's going to go to game seven. Now it's going to do this, yada, yada. I just want to watch a great game. I love close games. I don't like blowouts. And I don't want to be a blowout because the stars hurt because of this. Mm. So now, Chris, what do you think on this? I believe you disagree. I, I disagree 100%. This is a sport that these guys have been training their whole lives, conditioning to do. And you're trying to tell me that two and a half months, two and a half months isn't enough rest for you to be at 100% for the next season. To me, that's kind of hard to believe. I mean, I look at, obviously, injuries are unfortunate. I'm never going to be like, oh, yeah, someone's injured. Big whoop. No big deal. I do think it affects the playoffs, but I don't think this season to last season to the season before makes a single difference with just the time decrease for rest. Because when you look at the guys getting hurt, Kawhi Leonard, history of injury, Kyrie Irving, history of injury, James Harden, history of injury. The only shocker is Jamal Murray. And every season, some freak accident happens where a star player, unfortunately, like I hate that it happens. But it happens where a star player gets hurt. Like a couple years ago, Clay Thompson was healthy, and then he had one freak injury, and now he's plagued by it. So, I mean, I think it just happens every year, and I like LeBron more than the average person. But honestly, I think it's an excuse for him getting knocked out early and for him discrediting this season because he got knocked out in the first round. So now to to do some pushback, I'm going to push back on both of you because I'm the host and I get to, but I'll <laughs> you, Chris. So you say these guys have been training their whole lives for this professional sport. Have they not been training their whole lives with a certain amount of time as an offseason? I mean, I guess, but for me, 
what a longer I think longer off seasons are for growth are far more significant for younger players trying to put on muscle into getting into NBA shape. For example, like Giannis, from the start to where he's at now, it's working out in the off season, and that's why Giannis is where he's at because he grinded and he put in that work. Um, so as far as the off season goes, I don't think it's the conditioning, the the amount of time in the off season. I do think it's a chance for small like. Trey Young might need to start working out. Kevin Durant, it's a little too late for him. He's, but, he probably works out, but it doesn't matter. Now, how about a exactly. guy like LeBron, though, as you mentioned him? And I know you aren't a LeBron hater, so I asked this legitimately. I, I really um, like LeBron. I know. You and I are there on that. But as LeBron is, what, a 36-year-old? And so a 36-year-old yes. who's used to, you know, 130 days, days off, now only having 72 days off to try to get his body right. Do you think that's not an effect? I don't. In fact, I think the time can almost play a negative impact. When you're getting older, your body stiffens up, gets out of that basketball shape. I almost think a longer offseason could hurt an older player, just in my opinion. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Ty, are you wanting to respond to Chris? I, I need to respond on this one on because you. I need to respond on this real quick because I'm the old man in this group. That is fair. You are much older than all of us. Uh I'm one of those guys that, you know, I work out all the time, but, and you're right. You know, if I took, if I take a longer period of time, not doing something, it's harder to get back into. But I will say this is there's days there's weeks, there's months where I'm working out a different workout or doing something different to make sure that my body's in conditioning, but it's not going through the rigors of, an 82 game series a, a season plus the playoffs plus the finals if you know can you, you're someone can like you, lebron can you explain to me what that recovery looks like like why would it take more than two and a half months for someone to physically be someone can nearly like in two and a half months someone can have the worst ankle sprain you can get and probably be back in two and a half months okay worst ankle sprain yeah but as you get older your body doesn't take that time. So let's say, like, let's say game seven, LeBron hurts his ankle, wins the series, wins the finals. He now has two months to be back and playing again. Cause as a fan, you want to, you buy tickets to see LeBron James. So, you know, you got to think with the league and what they're making you do, because now you can't rest players. You have to be physically on the team and on the court unless you're injured and that's when the BS injury come, list comes out because of it. I want, like I said, I want competition. I'm a, I'm a nineties kid who 1992 team USA dream team. Oh yeah. Against a bunch of people. Hold before on. That's, the how, world became that's not where I'm going. The NBA. That's not where I'm going. If you watch like videos of it, their practices were some of were better than games in the NBA season. Now, I think you're off track, Chief. Practice, practice. <laughs> so I do, I do want to get back to something. Now that Ty has compared himself to a professional athlete, um, <laughs> I, I'm curious. Since you think that you know it was a factor, what would your solution have been? I mean, I get that the. See, well, shortened off season wasn't ideal, but do you think they should have done fewer than 82 games? Should they have tried to fix this off season by shortening the off season by 
three weeks for so, multiple years? What would, how would you have fixed this problem? So here's my other thing is, is okay. So let's take the whole COVID issue into it because if you don't, if you take the COVID issue into it or out of it right now, the summer Olympics was supposed to have team USA basketball during the off season. So you shorten the off season. You have, you know, they pushed it back a year. So right now you're going, all these players who are going to say yes to team basketball, team USA are going to have, they're not even going to have an off season. They're going to go back into next season playing the same thing. Dame Lillard, taste, uh, uh, I just went blank now. Jason Tatum. Thank you. I was about to say Taysom Hill. I don't know why, but Jason Tatum, they're the two right now that have said, yes, we're going to play. And what do those two have in common? They're young. Oh, wow. That's weird. It's almost like when you get old, you get injured more despite how much time you have to rest. Of course. Or perhaps because when you get old, you actually need more of an offseason. But I don't know. That's just me. But now we're going to go ahead and move on because I'm the host and I can heckle and move on at my own discretion. So I want to come to another um, interesting thing that has come up in the last several days with the ejection of Nikola Jokic. Um, I'm curious what you guys thought. Obviously, elimination game and Jokic got ejected there with that swipe. He, for people who didn't see it, you can go back and watch it, but he felt like he got fouled. He thought he deserved a foul to be called or something. I don't know. Didn't look like a foul, but he was crying about it. And the other team got defensive rebound. He went after the ball and wildly swiped towards the ball and caught the defensive player or the offensive player, the guy with the ball in on the nose. Um, they reviewed it, gave him a flagrant two, which is an automatic ejection. And the MVP of the NBA was ejected from an elimination playoff game. So Chris, I'm going to go to you first. What were your thoughts on that? I was watching the game. I'm a Suns fan, have been since Steve Nash. Um, as far as hitting the requirements for them to call a flagrant two, it, he hit the marks. I don't think the ejection was the right call. I mean, it's an elimination game. He wasn't trying to hurt Cameron Payne, but if you watch it, it's completely reckless. It's a complete frustration foul. And he full, like full windup, like there's no argument to that. It was a full windup, very hard force, hit him in the nose it's easy for one of it's easy for any of us to be like, oh, he barely touched him. I mean, that dude's huge. If he barely touched you and his wrist hits you in the nose, I'm I might be down for a bit. I don't know about how long Cameron Payne was, but when you have the opportunity to get the MVP eliminated or like taken out of the game, you do it. I understand that. I, I respect Cameron Payne for doing that. But I don't think it should have been an ejection. But he kind of like I feel like he tied up the ref's hands. Like, what can they do? It's like he met all the requirements. It's like a targeting penalty in college. It might have not have been forceful and intentional, but he lowered his head and he hit him. And, I mean, that's a big discussion in college football. But And it just comes down to he hit the requirements for it. And what, 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 what can the refs do at that point? I wouldn't, it's hard to say they made the wrong call because by the book they made the right call. But when you look at the scenario for fans wanting to see the best competition, obviously they're going to get flack. Mm. Ty, what do you think? Um, no, I, I, I agree with you, Chris. I mean, 
I wish he hadn't got ejected. I wish it was a flagrant one. Um, I wish – I think he just – not to say that Phoenix – the game would have ended differently. I think Phoenix still would have won it, but I just would have rather seen a better overall game. And Jokic in that game would have made it a better overall game. I think once he left the game, it was – everybody was basically like, okay, well, I guess Phoenix has taken this series. It's over. There was no question about it. Except the Nuggets played really well and cut they, it to a four-point lead multiple times. I agree. They did They did play well, but I think it was just – it wasn't the same game. Yeah, so I I think this, this is something I feel relatively strongly about. Um, not necessarily the ejection of Kobe Jokic, but the complaints, the complaints about the officials because, oh, it's the MVP – or, oh, it's a superstar, or, oh, it's an elimination game, or, oh, it's in the last two minutes, or, oh, like, the game needs to be called the way the game needs to be called. The rules are written, so follow the rules. I mean, I get tired of this, you know, you guys know I was watching a lot of hockey, and there were several times where, you know, if you're on a power play, the other team can probably get away with tripping you because they're not going to put that team two men down. It's like, well, if it's a trip, it's a trip. It doesn't matter if you're already on the power play. It doesn't matter what if it's in the last couple of minutes. It doesn't matter if this team's committed more penalties. You know, same thing. If it's the the end of a game, you still need to call a foul a foul. If it's yeah. the you know an elimination game, you need to call a foul a foul. You need to eject when an ejection's necessary. And I do think this was right on the line. But at the same time, I don't really feel much pity for a guy who gets frustrated, winds up, and takes a swing like that that, quite frankly, could have done a lot more damage. Thankfully, it was only a glancing blow. But he was out of control enough to hit the guy's nose somewhat. He very yeah. easily could have hit it harder. And coming across with his giant arm like that, that's, that's a that's broken nose. broken nose and affect the rest of the playoffs for the Suns because Jokic threw a hissy fit because he didn't get a foul call. Um, like, I don't feel at all bad for a guy getting ejected because he lost his temper and did something stupid that may not have been intentional, but nonetheless, he did it. You know, going back to what was it? The last time an MVP was thrown out of a game was when Steph Curry threw his mouthpiece and hit a fan. Was he trying to hit a fan? No, he wasn't. But he was throwing a hissy fit and he threw his mouthpiece and boom, he got ejected. You know, like, what are you supposed to say? Well, he's a star player, so we're actually not going to eject him, even though it's the letter of the law. Like, that would be ridiculous. And so it's a shame Jokic got ejected, but I'm not blaming the refs. I'm blaming Jokic. That's on him. I agree with that. I would agree with that. I mean, it was cool to see. I mean, and I, and I think Jokic knew he was out of control. Like, I don't know if – have you guys seen Jokic actually make an argument that he shouldn't have been ejected? No, I, I so that's one thing. That's I personally one thing I haven't seen one, and he immediately went up to Cameron Payne like before he left the floor and checked up on him. Yep. So I respect Jokic for doing that, and I think Jokic even thinks he was out of control because he was, and that's why he went up and apologized in an elimination game. I don't, I don't know if you see if any. That's why I know it wasn't intentional, but it was a hundred percent reckless. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, I agree with that. It was, and I, I like what he did was check in with Payne, make sure he was okay. And I mean, and I liked it even that the, more so that how the Suns players Booker and, and, and Aiden got in his face, like, Hey, yo, what, what are we doing? 
I mean, yeah, it was. It was. It was like. I mean, granted, what's Booker going to do against Jokic? But Jay, he's Jay still Crowder needs to be doing walked that. Walked up and poked him in the belly Booker. button and was saying, "Hey, don't do that to my guy." <laughs> in the belly button. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I was going to poke Jay him in the Crowder chest, but he couldn't reach that high. Yeah, but I do like. I I, I agree with what you said, Chris. I just, Jokic hasn't said I shouldn't have been ejected. He he's. I think he's owned up to what he did. So you know, I I will say this though. When in the heat of a game for something like that, that wasn't like you said, it was an elimination game. You know, the, there was talks today I was listening to about with the the Nets um, Bucks game last night that before that game, you know, the, the the Nets are calling saying, hey, you know, PJ's taking a little too much of a hit on Kevin Durant. You need to watch that refs. Come on. What are you doing? Like, and it happens with every game. Yeah, I mean. It's, it's going Durant's to a cupcake too. And well, like, I, I know, but I'm just saying. But stars, when your stars not getting the 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 calls that they think they should get, yeah, the team's going to call the league saying, "Hey, watch this. It's happening. This is happening." I mean, we could get into the whole Barry Trotz and Bruce Cassidy thing with the Islanders and the Bruins, but I prefer <laughs> not to have an emotional bro- breakdown here on the podcast. So we're just going to keep moving on. <laughs> And we talked about how that was an elimination game. The Suns have moved on. And so I want to ask our last NBA question for the the podcast today and and ask who right now is your favorite to win the NBA championship? The Suns have moved on. The other series are all close. But I'm curious, who right now is your favorite to win the NBA championship? Um, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and go to you because I know what you're picking. I can't. I can't. I mean, as a Suns fan and as good as they're playing – I can't not pick the Suns. Like, I just don't like, I feel like, is it a homer pick? Yes. <laughs> if I wasn't a Suns fan, would I still choose the Suns? Yes. And that's all there is to it. They play the best defense. They're the best coach. They have the best assist to turnover ratio. They, you look at every game's box score, every, usually every player is over double digits. There's just, they don't need a Kevin Durant to score 49 points for them to squeak out a win they have a team that I mean even without Chris Paul with him like going into COVID protocol does that stink does that hurt the sun some obviously it does but when you're well coached like the Suns and you have the spread you do it's not going to kill you and I think the Suns are going to be fine and once Chris Paul I mean worse comes to worse I think they might be down a game in the series when Chris Paul comes back maybe they might be down a game and if the Clippers squeak out of past the Jazz and Kawhi Leonard's out for the playoffs, that Clippers team is without Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> with Pandemic P, I know he had a good game, but with him being the sole player left, oh, Lord. <laughs> I like that nickname. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, that's a very fond one people have come up with. And that you actually addressed my main concern. Honestly, Chris, I would love to antagonize you because you know I love to do that, and I'm kind of in that mood right now. But um, honestly, my only question was going to be, are you concerned about Chris Paul being out? And I think I think you're right. I think Phoenix has a very strong chance. Ty, what? who are you picking right now, favorite to win the championship? I'm going to have to say, go with Chris. Don't you dare and- say caveat Brooklyn Nets if they're healthy. Oh no no uh uh-uh. no! <laughs> it wouldn't have been either. It wouldn't. The Nets are not even like I would love. I'll be honest with you. My finals. I would love to see the Philly versus the Suns, but I would like to see the Suns win it. And that's because I like CP3. I've liked CP3 since he was in New Orleans, 
you know, Everyone I have a jersey. The Hornets. So the Hornets. <laughs> yes, the Hornets. I just said New Orleans, but it was the Hornets. I have a jersey of the New Orleans Hornets CP3. I've liked him since then. You know, um, I just I would like a good game. That's what I would like. I just want a good series. All these series have not been, yeah, they're competitive, but it's competitive for the wrong reasons. It's not really well, it's just like, like blowouts. A, it's switching off blowouts is what it seems it's, like. It does, and that's what I get upset with. Is I would love to see, um, you know, Philly versus Phoenix because I think it would be a great series. They're all healthy. Everybody's healthy in that team on both teams. I think it would be a great series. Yeah, I, I don't I don't blame you guys. Honestly, I was thinking probably Phoenix, although now with CP3 out indefinitely, that kind of scares me just a little bit of not knowing what indefinitely is. And so I I think right now if I was forced to pick, I might go Philly. Um, not just because they are currently whooping on the I can Hawks, understand that. but um, they they've looked really good recently. Don't. And so I think Philly has a good chance, don't, but I'm also not hating on the, the Sun. Don't forget, Phoenix went 8-0 in the bubble without Chris Paul. That's true. Different teams, though, different times. But, no, I think you're right, and it'll be interesting. Hopefully, by next week, we'll have a little bit more clarity and see about some of these injuries and, and see. But that'll conclude our NBA talk for now. Before we move on, we're going to have you listen to a, a brief word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back with some NHL and MLB. All right, welcome back. As I said, we are going to get back with some NHL. And so, you know, the the season's been progressing, postseason's been progressing. We are down to four teams. And so that has me curious. I want to know, guys, who is your favorite to win the NHL championship as of right now? I'll go ahead, Ty, you start us off. Um, right now for me, it's it's I know you're guys, I know Chris is gonna hate me with this one. But the winner of the Islanders Lightning, I know the series. I can't pick one. I'm sorry. I'm still new to this so sport. Wait, you, you literally have a 50 50 guess, and we're playing with a 25%. Yeah. I was going to say, that, that was, so there are four yeah. teams less, hey. left, and you're hey. picking two. I'm picking two. No, I, well, I'm picking one of two. Winner of this series is my, my pick. I'm not sure if you've ever done betting. I really have not gambled, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it doesn't work that way. Be like, guys, uh, have, no, I'm not picking two. I'm picking one of two. I'm picking and whoever then, wins this series, I'll put my money on. Let's say that. So I want to gamble, but not yet. Not yet. I, not want, yet. The, I want the winning one of the two. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to wait until the look, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs are over, and then I'm going to tell yeah, you who's going to win. I'm going to tell you who's going to win. No, I like, you know, Chris has, Chris you know, been high on the Islanders. I know that, and, and his analytics for him. But – Tampa's just look good too. And yes, I know that they're over their cap and I know all this stuff we've talked about. I just, I, I, I can't pick one. I'm sorry. No, that's, I mean, I have decided that I cannot have an NHL discussion without mentioning the fact that the uh, Tampa Bay lightning are 18 million over the cap. Uh, my, my good friend, Dougie Hamilton of the Carolina hurricanes has mentioned that as well after being eliminated by the team that is 18 million over the cap. In fact, I don't even think I'm going to call them the lightning anymore. I'm going to call them the team that is 18 million over the cap. Um, but with that being said, you know, with Ty picking two teams, I'll come over and Chris, tell me you have one team picked. I do have one team. 
And it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I chose the Bruins from the start. So I can't say, oh, I chose them from the start. But I did say to watch out for a specific team that has made a Cinderella run to the last four. Um, And that's the New York Islanders. And I think, I mean, I said it last week. There's one principle that that, that is true in every sport. Defense wins championships. And quite frankly, the New York Islanders have the best defense. It has shown. And every other team has had lapses in their defense, which has allowed, whether it's a fluke goal or not, it happens. And you don't need to score a lot if you have a great defense. You just look at the championship teams. I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays made the World Series because they're fundamentally sound. Like, did they have a good offense? Yeah, but they made no errors in the field. And then it just comes to cap and the Dodgers bought their World Series. But that's 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 beyond the point. I mean, similar to the Tampa Bay Lightning if they were to somehow win. But, um, yeah, you know, you got to take the New York Islanders. Defense wins championships. I just – I'm going to run with that principle for the rest of my life because it just proves to be true. Tampa Bay over the Chiefs. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it just is what it is. I got nothing else to say. No, I think – um. I, I don't disagree with you. If I were pushed, if I had to pick one team, if I didn't want to try to narrow it down to two, but actually wanted to pick one team, um, not calling anybody out there, Ty, but um, if I had to pick one team right now, I would probably say Vegas because Vegas has very good defense. They have very good goaltending. Um, yeah, I mean, most likely Flurry would be in goal and he's ridiculous. Their defense is solid. They, they do have scoring. I think Vegas is a very good team, but the other reason I'm picking Vegas is because I don't know who in the world is going to come out of the East. Well, I guess it's not really the East anymore, but however they have them aligned, I don't know who's going to win the Islanders 18 million over the cap. Um, Cause I'm not calling them by their name. I don't know who's winning that series because the, just, call, just call them no cappers. Like the $18 million over the cappers are $18 million over the cap. And that is going to play in their favor. Yo, Kucherov is ridiculous. Stamkos is so good. Braden Point is so good. Like Sergachev is good. Their team is super solid. But the the Islanders, oh my gosh. Semyon Varlamov, what he did against the Bruins, we were consistently out shooting the Islanders and getting high quality scoring opportunities. And Varlamov was just shutting us down. And so you've got Varlamov. You've got the, the defensive pairing of Pollock and Pellick, which they're so good. Mayfield's also really good on the, the blue line. But then you've got the, the fourth line of Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Zizekas, and, um, oh, Matt Martin. Yo, they, the fourth line was one of the best lines for the Islanders. They are deep from top to bottom. And so I really love what the Islanders are doing, but I don't know if they can beat a team that's $18 million over the cap. But what I'm anticipating is I'm anticipating that season or that series to go much longer, six, maybe seven games. I don't think the Canadians can stay with the Golden Knights. So I'm seeing Vegas winning that series, having a little bit of rest, and then playing a team that is beat up coming out of the, the other series. Ty, what are you thinking? So I, I want to just throw this in since y'all have thrown me under the bus uh, a couple times already. Um, you, did, you did it yourself. I, I did, but um, you, you're saying that Vegas has this great defense and yet they're down 2 nothing in the first court, in the first period to the Canadians. So I'm just throwing that in there. 
So that is right now. Let's wait and see what happens because uh, did did you happen to see what happened in the um, Vegas Avalanche game, game one I, of that I, series? Yeah, I, I did. Okay, what happened there, Ty? Please tell everybody in case they don't know. Colorado, sorry, the Allen started out really good, and then Vegas came back and just kind of put a whoop it on them. Well, they they didn't just start out really good. They blew Vegas out of the water in game one. It was they yeah, blew I know Vegas out of the water, and then who won that series, Ty? Well, I would have to say Vegas since they're still here. Okay, so so yes, you know maybe they are down 2-0 right now. Maybe they even lose this game tonight, and the series ends up being tied one one. Um, but. I still think they might be okay because they, I think the Avalanche were a stronger team still ended up beating them. I, I will agree that I do believe the Avalanche will be the team that comes out of this, but I just had to throw that in there since I was getting bullied. Yeah, Vegas. I wouldn't mind seeing Vegas lose, but I just think Vegas is going to make it. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. To see what happens in the Islanders 18 million over the cap series that that we're gonna happen. we're gonna see two four seeds in the finals that's all I'm gonna say I'm gonna go ahead and roll the dice against the Las Vegas see what I'm gonna do <laughs> see, see what I'm doing there because Las Vegas you gamble because I'm, I'm gambling against them because they're Vegas <laughs> all yeah. right that is um very clever there Chris, I know you are quite proud of yourself. So, all right, that'll do it for NHL before that digresses anymore. But I want to get to MLB. And part of me would like to talk about Jacob deGrom and just how ridiculous he's been. You know, he got hurt tonight, finished the inning anyway, struck out the side. Uh, He apparently has realized the Mets don't give him any offense, so he has to score for them. He has more RBIs this year than runs given up. Ridiculous stuff. But we're actually not going to talk about him tonight. What I want to get into is this whole spider tack, sunscreen rosin, you know, per, for performance enhancing substances that pitchers have been using. Um, you know, for anybody who is just listening to this and not really aware of what's been going on in the MLB, there has pretty much always been a rule that a pitcher is not allowed to use a substance to help him grip the ball. Um, you know, anything that would make it like slimier spit. They used to do that in the eighties, but it was against the rules. Anything that would change the way you can grip a ball. It has been against the rules. However, for the last five or six years, it has not been enforced. The last suspension I believe was six years ago. And since then, nothing has been enforced. Spin rates have been up crazy because when you can grip the ball better, when you're using a substance to help you with that, you're able to get more spin on the ball and therefore change the trajectory of the pitch. Um, And because of the terrible offensive numbers this year, the MLB has panicked and they've said, we are now going to start enforcing this rule. And the enforcement is going to be an automatic 10 game suspension for any pitcher who's found with a foreign substance on their fingers, glove, hat, belt, any of the places where they tend to hide it. So I'm just going to open this up for general discussion. Do you think it's cheating? What do you think about the rule enforcement? What What's going on here? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to contribute as well, but I'm going to start it off with Ty. Just go to you. What do you think here? I, I, okay. So I know that the rule's been going on for forever. Um, but I think you've, one you've of the. been alive since the beginning uh, of it. I have. I have. And so, he's been equivalent to a professional athlete for that yes, entire time as well. I always. True. And he doesn't gamble. No, I don't. 
you know, I got to save my money. Two teams. I have. All right. You can you I'm can do gonna... the you can do the double bet. Remember, I can bet on both teams. All right. So I'm gonna stop uh, tackling. Ty, tell me about but, the MLB. So here's my thing. Um, you know, I don't even know how to start this. I'm trying to. Ron Darling said this today, and I I I liked the interview he had on ESPN with uh, Mike Greenberg. In the, in the 80s and the 90s and even early 2000s, you know, a baseball got used until it got hit out of the park or until a pitcher asked for another one. But now in today's game, you could go through 10 baseballs in the inning. If, if they get touched, if they, if they bounce, if they hit the dirt or something, they're always getting replaced. So for a new baseball, it's slick. It's not as easy to grip for a pitcher. It's harder to use. It's harder to throw. It's harder to, you know, to put what they – work on as a pitcher, their slider, their curve, all that kind of stuff. So do I disagree with the rule? No. Do I think that there needs to be something? Yes. Man, I think if only there's sh- a bag that sits on the back of the pitcher's mound to help with that. But that, that, that doesn't that'd be a really that'd be a really good idea. I that doesn't help with done, your grip. I mean that doesn't help in a sense they have a towel back there too but it's not allowed to be used for the same reason. But, okay, so we've we had this discussion before. So pine tar and a bat, to grip the bat better, is okay. But is the pitcher throwing the bat at the – or is the batter throwing the bat at the pitcher? Well, if he apparently didn't use the pine tar, could he lose the bat? I mean, he has batting gloves. Batting gloves are allowed. Okay, so are pitching gloves allowed? Probably if they wanted to, but it'd be really dumb. <laughs> it's different holding a bat and swinging it as being the one propelling the ball. I mean, why don't we get into these fancy wiffle ball leagues where you can throw the ball and have like a five foot curve on it? I mean, if that's well, I mean, for. I mean, but the thing is, is okay. So let's say, all right. So we, we, you know, you said it at the beginning of this conversation, Degrom. What happens if Degrom gets not saying he does it, but by no means. But what happens if he gets caught doing it? Does that taint his whole legacy now? Well, considering that everybody has seemingly stopped using it in the last week or so because spin rates all across baseball are down. Right. And considering DeGrom came out and struck out eight out of nine guys, seemingly not using performance enhancers, Again. I would say more of the message is to the rest of the league to try to get on his level. Yeah. Uh, like if DeGrom is doing this stuff without performance enhancers, other guys got to get their acts together. Chris, well, Chris, what do you think here? You know, I just, I just don't think it's fair. Cause I mean, all these pitchers got used to cheating and I just don't think it's fair to take away their ability to cheat. I mean, that's the way they've been doing it. So they should have the right to continue. They should be grandfathered in. Right. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. That's absolutely ridiculous. That's dumb. It should sound dumb. Um, I mean, this needs to happen. I think for multiple reasons. One, because it's cheating. Two, ratings. I mean, we need to see some better offense. Three, I would like to see raw talent. Like DeGrom. If he's not using Pintar and he's doing what he's doing, I can honestly say, like, without any reservation, this dude's incredible. For no other reason, just because this guy's doing his thing with no nothing added. He's just doing him. So 
I would rather, I would like to see raw talent. I mean, I feel like if this is allowed, then batters should be able to use steroids personally. I mean, there's a part of me that would love to see a league that just allows steroids and just see like 500 foot bombs on the regular, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But I mean, I just think it's, I mean, it, it even goes back to the Jokic thing. It's like we're upset because the MVP got thrown out for something that he probably by the rule book should have gotten thrown out for. And people are complaining similar to this, something in the rule book, people are cheating. Oh, but we like it this way. So it needs to be that way. So, I mean, I just find it hard for me just to be like, oh, it's, you know, cheating's fine. Let's just let them keep doing it just because they should. Like, I just think that's really, really dumb. I agree. Clearly, I- if you have not heard. I, I think it's pretty dumb as well. Um, I think it's problematic. Like, I think one of the reasons why baseball is so hard to watch right now is because pitchers have been doctoring their pitches and making it harder to hit. And then that, as well as the way that analytics have changed the game and home runs are what is desired all the time, baseball is harder to watch right now. And, and I think it's like, I, I have loved baseball my entire life. I find it difficult to watch a game and see you know, 20 strikeouts, like, come on, somebody hit the ball. Part of that is because they're trying to hit home runs. And part of it's because pitchers are cheating. And, you know, the MLB should not get out of this blameless because they are the ones who have not been enforcing this for over five years. And if you are not going to enforce the rules, yes, you should still blame the pitchers for cheating. But at the same time, when the pitchers are looking and seeing other guys cheating and other guys getting better stats and then other guys getting bigger contracts and they're seeing MLBs not doing anything about it, ultimately they're going to think, well, either I cheat or either I'm viewed as a subpar pitcher, I lose my job, I don't get paid, and so they end up cheating as well. Now you've got a guy like Tyler Glass now, and I feel awful for the guy. The guy's hurt. I feel awful. He he has what uh partially torn UCL, I think is what it is. Might need Tommy John surgery. He's going to try to get by without it. But he's blaming his injury on the fact that he can no longer cheat. He didn't quite phrase it that way, believe it or not. I don't know why he didn't phrase it that way. But he was saying about, well, like I don't use spider tack, a super tacky substance. I just use sunscreen and rosin, a slightly tacky substance. It's a performance enhancing substance. But... Now, once he couldn't do it, he said he had to hold the ball differently. And when he held the ball differently, he hurt his arm. I'm sorry he got hurt, but I'm also sorry he didn't learn how to pitch without cheating. You know, we we could start a league if all these guys want to cheat. We can start the, what, let's see. Major League Baseball with Performance Enhancing Drugs. You know, the X, the XLB. Let's, let's make a league. Let's make a league where the batters can use steroids and the pitchers can use spider tack. And anybody who wants to go over to that league and play, they can. And anybody who doesn't want to cheat, who wants to play within the rules of Major League Baseball, can stay in Major League Baseball and can play. Ty, I feel like you so we can call it the XLB. No. <laughs> So I guess my issue is, is with, uh, and it's not even an issue. It's just something with a comment you said, you know, it's happening because people are getting away with it and they're getting these big contracts growing up in, you know, you know, getting, being, getting the age called out, you know, you had Sosa and McGuire 
both were looked at as steroid users. Bonds, who has the record steroid user, all these things. All resumes destroyed because of it. (laughs) But my thing is, is at that height of all of it, whether it was a steroid era or not, everybody watched baseball because they wanted to see Bonds hit the home run. They wanted to see the record broken, even if it was a steroid usage. You're saying now, like, baseball, because the pitchers are actually trying to get into their own way of trying to be competitive. Yeah, okay, so you've got the, the, I guess you could say, the freak of nature with DeGrom. I mean, I'm not going to say he's a complete freak of nature, but, I mean, if he's not using something and he is doing what he's doing, you know, call it what it is, freak of nature. Because there's no other pitcher in the league in ever that's done what he's done. So you've got to head. It's either going to be out of the park home runs, which yeah, you used to like you said, everybody wants to see, or it's got to be a pitcher who has to figure out a way to make it to where he's going to get his money, or he's not going to get his money. You know, think of all those pitchers that during the '90s that had to get dropped down to triple and double A because they got rocked by McGuire or Sosa or Bonds. When, so I do get there There could be a counter argument made of like how many guys cheat and still don't do as well. Like how many guys were using steroids back then and still didn't even crack the major leagues? You know, like Tyler Glass now throws 100 miles an hour. It's not sunscreen and rosin that's making him throw 100 miles an hour. No. It is sunscreen and rosin that's making him throw 100 miles an hour accurately, but... You know, like there is immense physical gifting there. And so like sunscreen and rosin does not a Cy Young make. Um, there there needs to be a lot else there. But I just find it difficult to say like to really cry too much for like if if the MLB was saying, Oh my gosh, this is really a problem this year, let's make a new rule. I'd have a big problem with it. But it's Especially mid-season. on the books. They are just now enforcing it. I still have a problem with the fact they never enforced it before. And I think they should probably try to get some way of like maybe letting people use sunscreen and rosin, but nothing else. Although, frankly, there are always going to be people who are trying to cheat. There yeah. are always going to be people trying to find how do you, and Yeah, and how do you regulate that? Yeah. I, I mean, again, that would have to be something they would have to even look at after the season's over. And that would have to be discussions on all that kind of stuff. It's, I think the biggest thing for me that I guess makes it a hard is if they had come out at the beginning of the season and said, hey, we're seeing this trend, we're going to start doing this. We're, you know, a quarter of the way through the season and now it's coming up. It, I just, I have an issue with that. You know, you're, you're 60, you know, 60, 70 games into the season and because baseball's not getting the, the, the viewership that it wants because home runs aren't getting hit, we're going to change it up. Unless you're a Mets game. Mets games are always getting watched because, oh, well, every six days. Yeah, I so I don't think there's a perfect answer. I don't think there's a perfect way to handle it. They're trying to respond, and I don't think it's great. But at the same time, like, I can't say I'm mad that there will be less cheating in baseball now. Like that's, 
Yeah. But we'll have to continue this conversation another day. Frankly, I'm pretty sure Dilly is going to have some stuff he wants to chime in on because I know he loves baseball. And so we will probably get back to this another week, but that's going to be it for our podcast tonight, everybody. So check this out. Uh, it may not be night when you're listening to it, but we hope you have enjoyed it. If you have any questions, if you have any disagreements, get on our Facebook page, comment, let us know, give us your thoughts, um, like it, share it, you know, spread this out. And, and honestly, yeah, do engage with us. If you think, if you think Ty is just super wrong, if you think Chris is just super wrong, if you want to comment about how right, right I was, whatever you want to do, um, get on the Facebook page, comment, and let us know. But we hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, and we will be back for another podcast for y'all next week.